So I've got uh, three separate databases here open. Um, they each are communicating with each other, uh, and information from one is grabbed from the other. Um, and th these are the core um, information, kind of the, the nuclear heart of what I work with. We, we have other things that are also uh, important, but this is these three are the really the, the foundation upon which everything else is built. And what's up right now is the sequence list database, which is very simple, and it's my reading of the script. And as I'm reading the script, uh, and I think, well, that's the end of a chunk of scenes. Um, some transition is happening now. Uh, I'll just draw a line in the script, and I will call that sequence one, and what comes next, sequence two, and then the next line, sequence three. So this is for the film Jarhead, and um, I've got, uh, I forget here, but there were 32 sequences, which is typical. Uh, a script will break down usually somewhere between 30 and 45 sequences. Each sequence is made up of a number of scenes, and uh, for instance, sequence 18, Swath threatens to kill Fergus, is actually made up of only one scene, scene 83. It was a big scene that sort of stood all by itself. Uh, whereas uh, punishment, bird detail, jingle bells, this, this all means something to me, uh, was scene 78 to 82. This one up here was scene 70 to 77. Um, so this is really the first thing that I create when I'm working on a film is this sequence list. The next uh, database, which draws information from the sequence list, is the scene list. And here, there is a separate record for every scene um, in the film. Um, this uh, is scene 51, which is video interviews, swath reality flip. Um, if we go forward. Um, scene 56, male dog tags and Christina, Cortez's son, Kay's new friend. These are just my thumbnail description of what happens in the scene. For scene 56, which is sequence 13, which covers two scenes, 56, 55 and 56. Um, and down here is information about when this scene was shot, uh, how many pages it covered, what the estimated time was for the scene before they started shooting, what the actual time was when they did shoot it, and then the actual time once I cut the scene. And this allows me to predict uh, in advance what, um, what's coming down. For instance, if, uh, let's say we wanted to find uh, all the scenes shot between day one, which is the first day of shooting, and day 10. So there are 24 scenes uh, that were shot in that 10-day uh, period. And there's a script here, which is <coughs> estimate and actual time for selected scenes. And if we activate this script, um, this will say um, 
for these scenes, my estimate was that it would be 19 and a half minutes. Uh, and then I did another timing, which said it would be 19 uh, minutes and 46 seconds. Uh, the script supervisor estimated that it would be 22 minutes. Uh, the average of those is 20 and a half minutes. The actual on-set timing when they were on the set was 22 minutes and 47 seconds. Um, this is the percentage expansion of the set time over the estimate. And then the projected cut length of this group of scenes. So when, it, when, when it's actually cut was 24 uh, minutes and 20 seconds. Um, and then extrapolating from that, um, it says, if these scenes, if you continue the same pattern all the way through the film, the first assembly of the film will be 2 hours, 17 minutes, and 12 seconds um, from the set time. From the editing uh, time, it's 2 hours and 26 minutes and 37 seconds. So it's, uh, they're, they're pretty close. And actually, that's, that's not a bad first assembly at all. In fact, it's maybe a little too uh, quick. Um, that that would be a, a way of uh, telling the director uh, within the first 10 days the, the pace at which you're shooting and the kind of density of images that you're shooting with and how the scenes are being cut together. If you continue to do that for the rest of the film, the first assembly will be two and a half hours, roughly two and a half hours long, which is a, a valuable piece of information. Um, other films, sometimes it's four hours long. And that just means uh, it's going to take longer to shoot and longer to get everything together. And then mm, people don't release films that are four hours long. So now we have to figure out a way how to cut four hours down to two hours or two and a half hours. Um, and there are uh, financial ramifications of all of this. So just a script going back to the, this is where, this is the main entry screen. The number of scripts, uh, not that many, uh, probably 30, 40 scripts. Uh, there are some scripts which are hidden here. The ones that are I use most often are up at the top because I can automate those with a keystroke. Sort by film's current scene list, go to last record, print the sequence list, find uncut scenes, um, find unshot scenes, find shot scenes which are not yet cut. These are things that allow me to track my work as I'm going along. Scene location screen list. If I just want to look at uh, a list of all of the locations for those 24 scenes, that, will, that gives it to me like that. Uh, master time and page count. Uh, th th that's another way of uh, doing the same kind of uh, analysis that we were just doing. Then the, the, the really heavy-duty database is the logbook. And uh, that's the screen that you're looking at now. And this is the data entry screen. Um, and this, um, you, you can think of this like an expanding uh, horizon that the, the first uh, 
database was only 32 records, and there was just one record for each sequence, then the next database was maybe 150, uh, 200 records, which was one record for every scene. And now we have one record for every shot that was ever taken for the film. And for Jarhead, it was over here, it was 3,490 3, shots. Um, that's, that's fairly typical. Um, on the other hand, uh, Youth Without Youth, which Francis's movie, which I just finished uh, cutting last year, had 6,000 records, 6,000 shots. So um, lots of different permutations. Um, and a, an assistant or, or will enter key pieces of information here. I, d I don't know whether you can see it, but certain fields have gray lines on them, uh, like this field. Um, and that means somebody has to enter that information. Fields that don't have gray lines in it, um, like, like this scene uh, name, are that information is either pulled from another database or it's a calculation field based on information within this database. For instance, the length of the shot, in this case, is 104 feet uh, of film. Um, and that's a calculation field which subtracts this first code number from the second larger code number, which is 104. That just tells me that the, this shot is uh, roughly a minute long because film, 35 millimeter film tra travels at 90 feet a minute. Uh, so this is a little over a minute long. This would be slate number 689 and it's take 13. Um, Shot on Tuesday, March 15th, uh, the lab roll, the camera roll, the, the date it was shot, the daily roll number, all of these mean or crucial pieces of information for retrieving either the original negative or the work prints or um, uh, the sound, which, which roll is the sound on. When I look at dailies, I would, um, Let's see, under first screening. This is a different display of that same information. Um, and when I sit in dailies, I take this laptop, I turn the screen dark, and I sit in the dark and look at what's on screen. And I've prearranged um, the database so that I'm, I know that I'm going into this screening room and I'm going to be looking at 75 shots. Uh, 75 different takes of the material. And the, the first shot that's up, I just start typing in the dark anything that I feel uh, about the shot. Here it's fairly simple. A stroby pan going right, not so good, meaning the, the camera move, can't see Kruger's makeup. Um, I think there was a problem with the makeup in some takes being visible, but here we, we can't see it. Uh, again, stroby pan, good fowler jump. And then a line of dialogue, Chango's going down. Teach me, man. Um, these are just uh, improvisations that the actors had done. If I wanted to find uh, any shot in which the character Fowler had appeared that I had written, I would just find Fowler and 
in out of the 3,000 records, there are 336 in which Fowler, that character was um, mentioned in my notes. It doesn't mean he's not going to appear in other shots, but just uh, another way of um, looking at the material. So up here are the scripts that I've written over the years, uh, and this database has been evolving over the last 20 years, and it's a little frightening to look at it sometimes uh, because it it just goes on and on and on and on and on. Let's say we go back to the, and we would find everything that was shot between days uh, 23 and uh, 26. So they shot 196 shots. Uh, I can see that over here. Um, and the director might say, can you tell me uh, the list of, wh what did we shoot in those days? So I go down to this script and say, list for Sam, the director, and then enter. And that's a list organized by number of the different uh, setups that we shot, not the takes. I mean, you, this is setup 338, which is let's put the camera looking over his shoulder at the landscape. Take one, take two, take three. This, this doesn't uh, dis talk about takes. It just talks about the, the angle. So shot 338, which is a medium shot of Swafford, exterior tent with letter uh, open background uh, guys look at Cortez baby pictures uh, for scene 56. Um, uh, the next shot uh, the, uh, was 339, which was for scene 75A. Also the next 75A. So there were only two shots for that scene. And then 341A camera, scene 76. You, you got a sense of the kind of density of, uh, of information uh, here. So that, that's, a, that's a simple but uh, very commonly used uh, thing here. There we've automated some buttons down here, uh, find by scene everything. We automatically go here and we want to find everything for scene 56. And there are 70 shots done for scene 56 meaning 70 takes and different setups. And here we could go to the scripts and say, how, how much material is that? And it comes up and it says it's 10,503 feet of material, which is um, well, 90 feet a minute. So it's uh, roughly uh, two hours of material uh, for that one scene. Um, and that's something that I would use frequently because I have to judge my own work. And, and uh, if there's the more material is shot for a scene, the longer it's going to take me to sort through it all. So when I'm planning my work for the next week, I would say, all right, I'm thinking this week of cutting scenes 24, 56, and 72. Um, how much material is that? And this will um, give me a, um, a readout of how much material that actually is.
Here is what I would call the second screening, um, which is when I'm actually getting ready to cut the film, um, I would um, look at the material a second time, and I take more detailed notes. The first uh, notes that I take in the dark, looking at the, at the image, are really first impressions and any kind of association that I have that comes to mind, or any really strong performance, or maybe a weak performance, uh, unexpected, um, I will write down. But, but generally, it's just, what, what's the sense I get of this sh shot that I'm looking at right now? And that would be over here in this field. Swath as corpse. Well, that means the Swafford character looks like he's dead. It's you know, just something that I wrote um, as, as a first impression. Very, very important to preserve that piece of information because there's only one first time that you will see anything, and that's really as close as you're ever going to get to the very, to the way the, an audience will see this material. Of course, they're seeing it as cut as part of a whole film, but there is a something that you can grab hold of here. The fabric of an editor's work is that the editor sees material hundreds and thousands of times, over and over and over again, and there's a tendency there for a kind of mental uh, fatigue, you, you get used to things, uh, and sometimes you'll say, well, what's so good about this anyway? Um, let's cut it out. And you say, wait a minute, what did we think the first time we saw it? Oh, we thought it was pretty good. Well, all right, okay, you, there's a reprieve, we won't cut it. Maybe there, okay, no, no, I remember, it's good. <laughs> um, so this is an emotional um, grasp, pretty much. Here, these are um, uh, more specific notes, and they're more analytical. Um, for instance, Swafford turns away from camera on the line, don't want a taste of home. Um, and then focus is on Swafford, all others are flu, which is my shorthand for out of focus, which is nice. Fowler walks through frame uh, going left, mommy again, the sound is good in this, good Swafford grab dog tags as off-screen Troy, another character, you've got Firewatch, Fergie. And here is the footage at which that moment happened. And that allows me to uh, get right back to a specific moment, um, kind of like a, a tag of some kind. Um, otherwise, I, I find I write a uh, line of dialogue after he gets up from the bed or something. And then I, there's this, this way, if I just write the number uh, that's on the screen when I see that shot, I just doop, tap it in. Um, that uh, allows me to quickly get back to that, uh, that moment. These are like the notes that a surgeon would take before actually going in and opening them up. They're more, less heart, more mind, although it's never um, totally one or the other. Um, but there are many more notes and they're more specific about specific moments. Over here you can see the 
moment number, I would additionally break down the scene into individual moments. And this was moment seven, this was moment 10, moment 13, and moment 13. And here, good, uh, in caps, Swafford, head turned to look, uh, as he says, and then Christina says foully. So that was a particularly good moment for moment 13. These fields, which are repeating fields in a record, would be exported to another database where they would be separated out into different fields and then sorted by moment number. And we could say, show me everything good anywhere in the film for moment 13 of scene 56. And anything that I had tagged with a number here would show up, which would, uh, again, allow me um, just on one single sheet of paper or maybe two to, um, to pull out kind of the cream of the cream of the good moments. And hopefully there's a good moment somewhere for every piece of the scene. And now my job is simply to uh, get somehow from one good moment to the next. These are the three core databases that I use. Um, each one depends on the one below it. The one that I use most often is the logbook. Um, and that's got all of the information ever generated that on a technical level or an artistic level about this particular shot. And for the whole film, there are 3,490 of these shots. So there are 3,490 records. And um, th this is the, the heart of how I work with FileMaker on, on the film. And uh, as you can just really glimpse, there are so many different ways of um, um, manipulating the information. You can use it at a very basic, simple level, or um, as the requirements are, sometimes you need to, the studio needs to know uh, how many shots was that actor in because we're thinking of replacing that actor and we want to know uh, how much shooting we have to do. Well, I could, I could pretty quickly just generate that list uh, and send that to whoever needs to know, and they could make some crucial decision based on this kind of information. In a nutshell, that, that's uh, you're, you're looking at the, the beating heart of how I use FileMaker on, uh, on the films.